Hey y'all, welcome back to another week of Imani Talks Astrology, your host, Imani. I literally just recorded the intro and it completely deleted, um, and so I have to do it again, yay. Um, I was talking about, <clears throat> actually it's probably because there was information that I did not need to share with you guys, we'll see if it happens again. Um, or it could just be some form of interference anyway, if, if you believe that, if you do not, whatever. Um, I don't care, you're listening to me, I'm joking. Uh, the Aries jumped out. Um, yeah, so we're talking about the full moon in Taurus, which is tomorrow, the 12th. Um, right now I'm recording on 11-11, happy 11-11 gateway to everybody. Um, I did a video I did two videos in which I talked about the 1111 gateway um, on my Instagram, which is you woman you. So I definitely would say if you feel called to watch it, I know lots of you already have, definitely go do so. Um, One of the things that I has come into my awareness. Um, I watched Psychic Sounds by B's episode about this week, and she was talking about how it is deeply connected to the timeline shifting thing that happened back in when Saturn went direct. Um, and this is a moment in which people see their karma, um, good or bad. Um, being shown to them in some particular way. And I think it has a lot to do with being left behind. I think a lot of people this week are going to discover that they're being left behind. And a lot of people are also going to discover that they can't take certain things, people, ideas, job city, whatever, with them Um, for this next iteration of life, um, which I think is is really scary. And I think naturally with an, an ascension process and an awakening and an enlightenment, there will just be people who don't get it. And you have to become okay with that and accepting of that and in lots of ways people will feel like you're stepping on their toes or like you've changed or blah 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 and it's like I have changed yes um but we're just not in the same place and that and that's not bad or good you know it just is um and I think having to to work through that and and realize that is kind of the some of the the hard work that's here but I think for many of you um I can assume that y'all are just good people um are going to experience some of the most amazing blessings, you know, and and things that you've been asking for for a really long time, right? Like they're here. Like I who I feel that so intensely for my myself and 
and the idea of what's being left behind is like big like it's it's really big choices like it's scary because it's not small it's not mundane like you're really being asked to or shown that like things that have been like a core part of your identity a core part of your purpose on this earth you know cannot continue with you and so that naturally is really painful um to have to deal with and it is a very gentle full moon that has the help if you're willing to take it first we're going to talk about the 1111 gateway um a little bit because i wanted to kind of go over the cards as well as um the of course the astrology and the other takeaways that i had there are lots of things that i i kind of missed while i was recording that like suddenly i'm just like oh this makes sense you know if anyone watched on my story I when I listen so lots of times I listen back to my podcast or listen to back to videos that I post because I'm vain and I love looking at myself I'm joking that's actually exactly why I'm watching um but like I to just hear what I said and and kind of find ways that I can improve the next time and I was talking about leaving people behind and I started to I heard um sirens or police sirens in the video Anyone who is like hip to this shit knows that the, when you hear the sound of um, uh, sirens, uh, it is a symbol of Archangel Michael, um, who is able to assist with cord cutting. One song that just has started to play in my head is um, You Are Not Alone by Michael Jackson, who of course himself also has the uh, connection to the Archangel Michael um, energy, not just because of his name, but also because of his name. Um, it's it's in the music. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and just this assistance that just overwhelmingly is present. You know, in, in what I read um, that Alana Child, Fairchild had said in Messages and Numbers was lots of times, you know, 1111 is like a really, really, really big shift and a really big change. And I think that people can feel that. Um, and it's like a buckle your seatbelt because like what you're about to be pushed into I'm sorry what you're bringing yourself into no one is pushing you this is all you this is you on every dimension this is higher self and you as your physical self doing all of this beautiful work um it's about to be whoa so she was saying lots of people have been seeing um, you, if you've seen 1111 a lot, you've likely seen lots of ones and fours and lots of repeating fours. When I tell you literally the last month and a half, it has just been those, just those numerical synchronicities have been everywhere, everywhere. Like I literally just saw them a couple minutes ago when I started recording this fucking podcast and 444 in particular is a sign that the angels are like, hey, 
you know, spirit guides, whoever, ancestors, whoever it is that you have watching over you and protecting you is like, look, like, I know this is hard. Ask for me. I can help you. Ask for me. I can help you. And so I think, oh, okay. That's why the song is in my head. Um, yeah. So ask for help and you'll be surprised at how it will appear for you. Um, as you're being asked to, to let go of some really, really big things. I'm going to take a quick break. When we get back, I'm going to talk about 11.11. We're going to talk about what the fuck Kazemi is, because I know some of you guys are like, what the fuck is a Kazemi? We're going to talk about that. <laughs> Shout out to Cad. They are so great. They are the coolest cat ever. No pun intended. Awesome astrologer also based here in the DC metro area. And they were talking to me about Kazemi the other day when I met up with them. And I was just like, oh, this is fantastic. I didn't even know. And it just like, it just adds another layer of like, to what um, has been happening today and will happen tomorrow. Okay. Okay, so when I did the 1111 Gateway video, um, the card that was at the bottom of the deck was action. And I realized I had started saying what I was saying, um, and I didn't finish it, so I'm going to now. So in the action card, this is again from the Brow Tellage um, Oracle deck, was a hand. And there was an eye, there's an eye in the hand as well. And I said that the gateway is a call to action. And I also meant that it was kind of like a push, but it's also a reaching um, for a missing puzzle piece in a way. Um, The other cards that were under it that wanted to come out were allowing, which was in reverse, and transformation, which was also in reverse. I did not talk about allowing that much but it has what appears to be a rose on the card that is surrounded by this green aura. And it has all of these hearts and stars on it. And in the previous iteration of the... um, Oh my God, I'm rolling my eyes so hard. Oh, disgusting. In the previous iteration of the... Oh my God, I'm such an Aries. Okay. In the previous iteration of the intro, I said that my love language this week was allowing. And to kind of speak to what I interpret from this, I've talked about roses before on the show and, you know, they have their connotation and their relationship with love, but this is about uh, a heart opening and this will make sense in a little while. Mm. Yeah. The green representative of the heart chakra, and I spoke a lot about making, moving from there, moving from that space. And given the fact that this is such a high vibrational energy and day, I know that people have just felt it. There's just been an overwhelming gentleness that that there's been and just a general jovialness and even um in conversations that I've had with people 
um, that surprised me with the overwhelming amount of self-awareness that they have that I've never seen them be able to express before um, in such a beautiful way. And I felt this energy a couple days ago, you know, when I was kind of talking to my awesome friend, Nora, um, about, you know, privilege and having to reckon with my own privilege and not being afraid of it and being okay with showing up and being there and it not being about it being perfect, but being present and listening is enough. Um, and being willing to learn. And in a way, when you are embarking on the spiritual path, that's all that it's really about, right? And I feel like overall in this energy, there seemed to be this really big air of resistance um, that a lot of us have about really allowing ourselves to be in this very heart open space. And I think it's because of the vulnerability that it, that it provides us with, you know, if I know some of you are like moving to a new place, others of you are trying to get a new job, some of you are trying to fall in love, some of you are, I don't know, trying to repair a relationship with a parent, some of you are, uh, you know, there are a thousand and one different ways that this could manifest, you know, um, and they're just being this resistance. And I think it has a lot to do with the need to be perfect transformation was also in reverse and it had a snake on it which I was like oh oh there's something else in this card um it has a snake on it which you know I of course in the Christian religion snakes don't necessarily have the best um reputation um and they are often symbols of, of fear and uh, deceit and sin. Um, and uh, in uh, the esoteric tradition, they just have a very different meaning. And in the traditions of like, I don't know, most cultures across the world, <laughs> they have a very different meaning. <coughs> The, um, it's shedding of the skin and the resistance of the layers that are being left behind. It's, it's scary. I, I'm talking to you right now feeling afraid because like I know what I'm being asked to do and it's a lot, <laughs> but it's also exactly what I asked for. And that's the thing. It's exactly what you asked for. Um, and you having to realize the, the, it's like looking at the, it's like going, this is actually very full moon in Taurus, going through the store and like saying, I want this, I want this, I want that. This looks great. This is beautiful. This is perfect. I want this. Sitting it all on the counter. I feel like this is a scene in like every like teenage like show or like movie from like the late 90s early 2000s then they ring it up and they're like that will be four thousand dollars and you're like wait what so like the price um is really high (laughs) 
it's your old life. Yeah. Um, to be asked to, to give that up is so hard, you know. I think so many of us have had to leave behind things that mean the world to us. And and not that, you know, everything is ending on bad terms. In some instances they are, but in other senses, instances it's just time, you know. It just, it's time to do something different. And having to confront that and be okay with that is is really really hard um and it's all about regeneration too with the snake and knowing that you are becoming new and it's not even that you're not gonna be yourself it's that you're gonna be even more yourself than you ever have been before which I think is pretty fucking scary um to anybody to the people around you but also to you, right? And so what Amanda Ellis had mentioned in her 1111 video also really deeply correlated to something that I had said days ago where I was talking about nothingness and kind of like sitting and gestating in the the cosmic womb. And so many of you messaged me saying like, yeah, like I I felt that. Like I, yes. (laughs) Like... I totally felt that like I I relate to that so hard and that is when I kind of realized it was a universal thing that's happening um it's a collective thing um and I talked about this waiting to be born and in the process of in the space of nothingness no thingness You know, I feel like we're all so used to being just overly um, stimulated and engaged and plugged in or like escaping. And it's just a place where you can't do that. And everything that you do that counters yourself, it's kind of just like a weird echo chamber where it comes back to you and you're like, why did I even do that? Or like, this sound is obnoxious, right? And I talked about as you incarnate, there are many agreements that you have. Um, as you're talking to all of the, I guess, stakeholders in your incarnation on earth. And you're deciding what it is that you do. But it's almost as if when we begin to enter this body that is being created for us, it is then the moment in which all of that is wiped away. And then it becomes about rediscovering what brought us back down there and as a baby is born and screams you know in the world and is is afraid and has to live in this unfamiliar place where they cannot see and they do not know what's going on you know the last connection to that womb is the umbilical cord and that is cut 
and it becomes about existing outside of this container that birthed you and having to find the reason for being birthed outside of it. Yeah. And so Amanda Ellis in her 1111 video, if you want to go watch it, I would encourage you to. It still matters even days after it. Um, she talked about being in a spacesuit and hanging outside of like the spaceship and there being a tube that connects you back to the spaceship and it being cut and people kind of panicking like, oh my God, what the fuck am I going to do? Like it's cut, it's cut, it's cut. Um, and it's like, you can't go back there. Like you could. And I think a lot of the fear again has to do with the fact that there are people back there that you love. There are things back there that kept you safe, that made you feel whole, that were a part of a really important aspect of who you are. That person is important or that iteration of your being was important for formulating who you are in this moment. And so for it to, to not have that, it's like, uh, what the fuck? Um, to talk more about the cards. So one thing that came up was um, the fortune card. And it had the sun on there. We'll talk about that a bit in a second. And the fear card, which also had a snake. And then death, justice, and truth. I can imagine how scary it is for a child to be born. (laughs) It's literally like, what the fuck is going on? And it might even feel like a death. Right. And in a way, it is the death of one, again, iteration of being and a a moving from darkness to light. Um, In the sense that the womb, there is no light in the womb. Right. On the chart, um, the ascendant is like most of the ascendants have been in uh, Capricorn. And so it is leading with a seriousness. And at the helm is a hardened awareness of the existing structures within life, but also of the meticulous that's needed to to build and craft the self and to build the life structures that it is that we want for ourselves. And in a way, I can imagine that because the Ascendant is ruled by Saturn, there is a very large element of fear. Um, Saturn being sextile to Neptune, we may be afraid of the things that we dream for and, and wish for. We may be afraid of our ideals. We may be afraid of how open our hearts really could be if we allowed them it to be. Mars is conjunct the midheaven again. Um, I don't remember what um, transit that was where that happened. I cut my notes are right here. Y'all, if you could see my damn floor, there are literally um, natal charts or (laughs) 
mundane astrology charts all over the fucking floor. It's hilarious. Um, the... Oh, okay. Cool. One of the symbols that I saw... Let me just say this now before I get forget. In the transformation card, I see a... Um, quarter moon. Uh, what, and this is actually great because this is something that I mentioned in my own notes. So the next quarter moon is actually on the 19th. And that is the day that Mars enters Scorpio. And it is a very important day because Mars and Scorpio is going to move past this um, Kazemi Mercury point, which we'll talk about in a second. And it is just going to be like, whew. so I would say take notes if you aren't already on important dates. So one day that was incredibly important that we'll talk about in a second was the new moon on the 27th. Whatever the fuck was happening on that day in terms of like, whoa, um, remember most of the, that podcast episode about Scorpio season was related to talking about the new moon. Um, and so the inertia of institutional, um, oh, that was about discarding the past, right? Um, and so Uranus has been holding on to that energy and the moon, um, on eleven eleven, in the wee hours of the morning, um, crossed over that point for the first time since that new moon and is bringing that conversation into the full moon. And we'll get into that in a second. But this quarter moon on the 19th is incredibly important. It's also the day that Jupiter is conjunct the galactic center. So again, going into that point of transformation, y'all, these next two weeks are about to be energetically intense as fuck. I know that it's a Mercury retrograde at this moment. That shit does not matter. I know that people say you shouldn't start things. You shouldn't blah, 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 blah. Who gives a fuck? Suck my dick. It, none of that matters. None of that matters. None, like none of that matters. If you have to revise something or whatever, you'll do it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's a very gentle Mercury retrograde. Like they like Steve Judd, our patron saint of ponytails from the UK, said that it is if any any weird Mercury retrograde that's that's on you. That's your fault. Okay? Cool. So the 19th, incredibly important. The next really important date related to this transformation energy, and especially if we're talking about loosening the resistance, it's fine. Don't be hard on yourself. You're ask for help, 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 ask for help. Um, December, December 17th is when Mars is going to touch that Kazemi Mercury point. And you are going to take off like a fucking racehorse, like dead ass. The next day after that, Mars is going to be sextile Saturn and the moon in Virgo. It will be a perfect sextile to those two planets. Okay. Um, so those are very, 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 very important dates. So whatever was happening around the 27th, 
three days before, three days after. I would e- I would even expand that window even further if you need to. It's it's all coming full circle, bro. It's all come. Oh shit! It's all coming full circle. <laughs> So um, Mars is conjunct the midheaven. Again, I don't remember what day that was, but it was important because I think it was literally the day that the sun entered Scorpio. (laughs) Sorry. Um, The indecisiveness and wanting to be, it's that justice truth energy that had came out yesterday where it's like wanting to be, fair it's like i love these people i i value these interactions i value you know the life that this structure provides me i value this that whatever and like the truth is and what's fair is that in order for me to be myself like i can't take all that with me and having to kind of realize that and again it's about choosing yourself over choosing the you know, what did I say? Beyond social nicety. So like beyond just being able to to play nice and, and play the game, quite honestly, Libra has its relationship to diplomacy and it is about playing a game. And honestly, when you play the game, everyone loses, right? It's a very like five of swords energy, Mars in, in um, Libra. And it's like, we can keep playing this game, but we're all, we're all fucking losing. And, and and being able to realize that and how we're kind of selling ourselves um, short um, in, in doing that. And this uh, Mars is still square to Pluto. There was this really, really good graphic that I saw on Instagram. It was of, um, I hope I can find it. It was like a body, yes, a body floating, like a person, this woman is laying down. Ember Small Astrology posted it. Go look at their account. So fucking awesome. They put the Saturn, South Node, Pluto and Capricorn, Mars and Libra energy in, summed it up perfectly so as the person laying down and there's their energetic body kind of floating up above them and it has mars and libra and it says relationship triggers reflections change choice agency um core and then where it says south node saturn pluto and capricorn core wounds and defense mechanisms and inherited trauma it's like having to be bombarded with all of that and I would say that's why you know if if you've been having like weird relationships with with your your family lately or being able to kind of see all of these things kind of bubbled up or even in your environment and seeing things that you've inherited again by living in the fucking United States (laughs) where we are all perpetually being put through traumatizing experiences every fucking day we just don't fucking realize it and even with capitalism perpetually being traumatized um telling us what we do and do not fucking need to fucking survive and what we do and do not fucking have access to let me not get in my bag about that but I think y'all know what I'm talking about anyway having to break 
free of that and feeling the pressure of all of those the the choices or the all of the small things the ripple effects that come from the choices that you make people joke about how indecisive libras are they are just very um they see very far there is a reason why saturn is exalted in libra there is an understanding of the consequences consequences is a a positive and a negative word right it just is um of just about anything and they're constantly weighing all of those things you know it's a scale (laughs) they're constantly weighing all of those things all of the time which of course can be to most of us we're like stop being so indecisive and it's like no they the depth perception even though they're kind of marketed as airheads which most some of them are but most of them are not is is fast it's being able to see the fractality of decision making it's being able to see the you know they have a virgo 12th house so it is literally being able to understand the detail of everything and being the person who can fine tune the interactions to make sense of that and so it's feeling all of that pressure yourself a card with so there was a card with the sun we'll get into that when we talk about Kazemi in a second um and then there were two cards with snakes and I talked about the kundalini awakening but also uh for some people especially for those who have uh, uranus in scorpio at around four degrees um or even at 18 degrees whoo most of those people are in their 40s. Um, Pluto and Libra people. Um, so whoever, who, somebody had a very intense day with some really deep hot flashes, probably. Um, um, and it was really funny. I was looking at Amber Khan nails she had a snake if you follow Ember Khan she has a snake painted on her nails um and so they're just may you also may kind of see things related to snakes in your environment as well that could also be very limited um watch out for injuries related to your hands and hand oh and skin that also may be something that's been happening for people that's been happening with with me um (laughs) i'm pretty sure it has something to do with other people too um the yeah and so i in the video you saw that i had made the connection to the caduceus which is the mercury symbol um it is the staff that is surrounded by the two snakes the awakening of the kundalini it is a moment of enlightenment um and and spiritual awakening which is what 1111 is all about right like i said before some people won't be able to shed their skin we're looking back and realizing i can't take you this with me one thing that i will say so as um the moon crosses over uranus emotional attachments releasing and loosening as uranus crosses the moon Emotional habits and patterns that you thought kept you safe no longer have a hold on you. 
If they do, it's because you chose to keep them. Again, if you need help releasing things right now, call upon Archangel Michael for cord cutting assistance. Okay. Um, the ascendant is trying, not true, it is not a trine, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is square. Um, Chiron in Aries. So the awareness of how your environment has cultivated your idea of identity and, and wounded your ability to take action and make the decisions necessary to propel yourself into this new iteration of being. And it's being able to transcend the expectations of other people and the rules that have been set by other people that will help you move. But also, again, feeling the weight of the fear that's there. We have Jupiter in the 12th house. Um, it, has an, uh, it has a sextile to Mars. And it has a very loose trine to, um, oops, sorry, um, to Uranus in Taurus by degree, of course, not by, um, element. Um, and I don't know how to describe it. But to me, that was the embodiment of the being in space because the 12th house is what takes you away from yourself. Um, but it's also the labyrinth, right? So it's being able to, to fall deeper and deeper into who you are. Oh, this is really funny because then my Kazemi story makes a lot of sense in a, in a different way, right? Ooh, we'll get there in a second for everyone who's like, what the fuck is Kazemi? Ah, what is Kazemi? Okay. Um, who is Kazemi? Um, Jupiter is literally minutes away from the galactic center. And again, on the 14th, it, not the 14th, the 19th is when it will be there. And then again, like I said, the next day on the 20th is when Mercury goes direct and it's the the reset. Look, I'm gonna just say I told you so. Like I like I have never felt more sure about any type of thing that I've ever predicted. Um, I think it also is because this Kazemi shit has happened on my ascendant. So like I'm just like pew like wide the fuck open uh today. Um the yeah and so I think it goes back to the idea of being cut from the umbilical cord cut from the spaceship and just like lingering in the nothingness of space and just having to to allow yourself to be there and you can't fight for and and bring things with you or whatever the fuck it is that you're trying to do like you are literally cut cut away and it's like whoa um and so with that sextile it's it's like the reaching, it's like being so afraid of the void that you're sitting in 
that you're grasping for Mars, which is the relationships, it's the choices, it's the, what else did Ember's astrology say? It's the reflections, it's the agents, you know, it's all reaching back and trying to grasp at all of those things that are just kind of falling from your fingers. And the to kind of talk about that, Neptune is in the second house and it's Neptune dissolves. And so in the second house, Neptune is dissolving all of the things that made you like made you you all of the ideals that you attach to what made you you are falling apart because hey we're on to something different it's no longer I'm this person who does this in this way I'm no longer this person who's associated with this thing this person this idea this thought all of it slipping away it's like I just see like the dude in in the spacesuit like grasping for the spaceship and like just drifting off into nothingness and you it's just falling away my god so what the fuck is Kazemi (laughs) 30 minutes later Kazemi is referred to as the heart of the sun It is the moment in which a planet is within 17 minutes, not even degrees, minutes. So you know how like when you have the degrees, there's other numbers after it. Those are minutes. And in some instances, you can see seconds too. Minutes. 17 minutes away. And it is going back to the allowing and this moving from the heart. Mercury, enlightenment, messenger, bringer in of consciousness and awakening is sitting in the heart of the sun. And it is a very big opportunistic energy. And again, this goes back to the fortune card that I saw that I was telling you guys about um, that had the sun on it literally sitting in the heart of the sun is all of the reflections that you have about everything. Everything that you've been thinking about the last couple of weeks. It just makes sense now. Like it doesn't make sense to go back as as scary as it as it is or has been in the couple the days leading up to it, where I feel like people have just had this overwhelming sense of like, I know it's coming, I know it's coming, I know it's coming, I know it's coming, and now it's like right up on you. Um and so there just is a clarity of direction. And there is an opportunity to very feel very okay with nothingness. Um, and allowing yourself to be birthed. And I feel like this is a a moment that's been a long time coming for a lot of people, um, myself included, of course, I'm not ever excluded from these conversations. And it's just like, I, wow, I can't believe like it's actually happening. And it's like, yeah, it's actually happening. 
for some people, <laughs> this uh, Kazemi energy reminded me of, um, ooh, those who have watched Full Metal Alchemist. If you have not, I'm so sorry. I'm about to spoil it for you. So the father character, um, they created all of these ley lines throughout the, the country that channeled all of the energy of like a bunch of people that had been like slaughtered into this like giant power core that allowed him to become big enough um spiritually and like physically literally to open the doorway to like uh higher consciousness and to access god and he literally swallows god you know um and for those who are familiar with like the um the homunculuses or whatever the homunculi which were each characterized as the this will make sense if anyone remembers the um the full moon in aquarius episode where we talked about vices they all each were named after one of the seven vices and he and they had the ouroboros symbol on them so another interpretation of the snake energy is the snake that swallows his, itself which of course forms an orb or Boris um, and a circle. I just saw this symbol the other day somewhere. I don't know where. Like it was like on somebody's phone. It was so odd. Um, all the little hints and gems that have been dropped throughout my last couple of weeks. So annoying. My God, not annoying. I'm, I'm grateful. Let me stop. Um, you can do that to you you know um like that wasn't positive right and in a way it's like becoming so consumed by your need for power um being consumed by your ego um this enlightenment can be used for better or for worse like you can do anything with it right anyone can do anything with it um this moment is brief and then what moves from there or what comes from there is then something that is very familiar to me this is my least favorite aspect in any chart and this is <laughs> is sun combust anything but especially mercury so sun combust mercury um when a planet is combust, it is the at its weakest point because it becomes over um, shadowed by the influence of the sun. And the sun at its core is ego. And it is our sense of vitality and it is the core of who we are. Um, and of course, when that's not developed well, it can, you know, people can be just very um, narcissistic and egotistical and so I feel like over the next couple of days that will also be very um, relevant so it's kind of like uh, as the sun keeps moving away from mercury 
because Mercury is going backwards. It's a what are you doing with this energy, right? My example, if anyone is familiar with the myth of Icarus, I believe that Icarus and his father Daedalus were escaping from Crete. Ooh, let me just read um, Wikipedia real quick. And they were escaping, and Daedalus was the creator of the labyrinth. Ooh, connection. Do you remember what I was saying earlier about 12th house Jupiter? Anyway. And what Icarus does is they make wings from feathers and wax. And Icarus's father, and Daedalus is like, look, sis, don't get too full of yourself and don't fly too low because you're going to drown and don't fly too high because you're going to melt and you're going to die. And Icarus was like, bitch, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I'm going to do what the fuck I'm going to do. Um, and he goes too close to the sun and the sun melts the wax of his wings and he drowns fun and so that's exactly what the energy is like when the sun is combust anything and it's kind of also like you know deciding that in the middle of the summer you want to take all of your plants outside or like you want to water your garden like when the sun is at its highest point you're going to burn up the fucking plant (laughs) you know what I mean and so it's like the oh awareness of the decisions that you're making or how you're utilizing a particular skill and a particular facet and so again it is what are you doing with this energy there is so much room for do whatever the fuck you want to do you know you're dropping lots of dead weight do whatever the fuck you want to do right and I, I can imagine that most of you are probably utilizing that in a positive way but there are of course people who are not I'm going to finish this up by talking about the Chandra symbol. So the sun and so Mercury was Kazemi at 18 degrees and 36 and 55 minutes. And the Chandra symbol is Scorpio 19 degrees. Um which is, again, it's my ascendant. So this is very exciting for me. Um, A parrot repeats the conversation he has overheard, the capacity to transmit transcendental knowledge. To the individual who lives in a state of ardent and sustained faith, it may become possible to become a channel for the transmission of knowledge or wisdom that transcends his normal mental understanding. And again, this is the important part about Mercury being in the heart of the sun. Because the the sun at its core is the heart-centered self, which is, has its relationship to its highest self um, and the embodiment of God and divinity um, that we each hold. So this is a moment in which lots of people, you may have had some uh, really intense psychic downloads 
um, or just a very odd awareness, self-awareness that maybe you've never had before that you didn't ever expect or just kind of being like, whoa, like, why am I suddenly okay with this thing? And it's like, the power, ah. The mind that has learned to be silent and attentive can become attuned to the rhythm of utterances which he may not comprehend intellectually, yet which may truly manifest superhuman realizations. Discrimination is needed here to balance the over-eagerness of faith. Remember what I said about Icarus and flying too close to the sun. At this fourth stage of the forty of the fivefold sequence of symbols, we are given a hint as to man's capacity to attune himself to sources of higher wisdom if he can sufficiently attentive be attentive be sufficiently attentive and careful in channeling a higher voice. To stress here the negative element of automatism and unintelligent repetition is to use only one's intellect. All birds in symbolism suggest spiritual faculties or forces. What is evoked is the possibility of learning from higher intelligences. The key word is channelship. Isn't that so beautiful and magical? Let's switch gears and talk about the full moon. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. I have wrote no notes on this paper. Um, so I guess we'll just see what happens. Cool? Cool. Um, this full moon... I'm going to read something. The full moon for the month of November is the morning moon. With a U, not like good morning, even though that's the same thing. Um, The days are obviously shorter and the sunlight is so weak that it seems that the bright sunlight will never return, but it will. At this point, The sun god is about to be reborn and make his way back to us. This full moon is also known as the fog moon, the snow moon, and I believe that there is a supposed forecast for snow in Maryland tomorrow on the day of the full moon, which is really funny. The moon when deer shed antlers history. This is from the moonlightshop.com. I literally just picked the first thing that I saw. <clears throat> now, please listen very closely. The morning moon is a time of cleansing. Our ancestors used this time to rid themselves of baggage and negativity and bad habits that will only weaken them, especially during winter time when the ele- weather elements can test them. This was a reminder to our ancestors that death is a reality, but just a part of the cycle of life, death, and rebirth. Some of our ancestors also celebrated the new year during this time. So they celebrate in their own way by offering the ritual to the deities and giving thanks to what they have, help in letting go of what no longer works, and help in bettering themselves. Now, 
What have I told y'all about these angels and spirit guides and, and ancestors and birthing chambers and, oh, and, oh, what did I say yesterday? It's time to clean house. It's time to clear some space. It's time to allow. It's about allowing. And to go back to that new moon energy that I said was very important, I would like to reread what the Chandra symbol was for five degrees Taurus. A widow at an open grave. The impermanence of all material and social bonds. The possibility to... What does that say? To readily manifest for to ooh, here I was talking shit and I can't even read my own handwriting. The key word is discard the past. And I think the new moon brought the awareness and the full moon, of course, is about the releasing. Let's keep going, because there are more insights and fun things that are also synchronicities related to what I just read that I randomly selected literally four minutes ago. Also, y'all heard what I said about the ones and the ones and fours and the number four. Just if you haven't checked which episode number this is, maybe you should do that. I know it blew me too. Um, anyway, just can't escape it. Spirit is in here thick as fuck. Um, the ascendant for the day is Sagittarius. Um, so it is about expanding and moving consciousness into a variety of different directions and exploring possibility. Um, One of the other cards that I saw that I did not um, pull but was very important was the card Journeying, which also featured a hand um, that was reaching for what looks like a globe. And it's just that. We have Venus on the ascendant so it is about exploring the world with a new found sense of value and adventure expanded ideas of love um expanded ways of being able to value the self um new possibilities for way to add value to your life whether it be new job opportunities new you know career explorations, creative projects, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's just really beautiful. Um, and being able to drive and, and, and move, um, yourself through that energy. Luckily we missed out on some 12th house energy. There is nothing in the 12th house. I would say that, um, Sun is Scorpio is literally one degree away from the 12th house. It is sitting in the 11th house. 
Um, and so in your communities, in your groups and in your friend groups, be in the parts that are intersections of yourself and the people around you that add value to your life. Again, Icarus, don't get too close to the sun. And I don't think I need to say anything else there. Okay. Um, and again, in a way, I think there are people who are surprised that they're getting left behind. The moon has carried this conversation about releasing emotional attachments and and ideas and, and um, loosening the grip on things. And even for lots of instances, material things, I definitely would say if you ha- haven't had time this weekend, next weekend, clearing items out of your home, um, d- just getting rid of shit is just a really good idea. Like, I just bought a new mirror, so I'm probably going to just get rid of this old mirror that I have. There's so many other things that I just don't need in my apartment anymore that I'm going to just get rid of. Um, Yeah, and you should do the same. The... There is a... North, the North Node is in the seventh house. So there is this air of becoming a part of something bigger. Um, and the fadedness of choosing your emotional security and, and boundaries and choosing what nourishes you and the way that you've redefined what success means to be something that is grown from the inside out the opportunity to become a part of that is there to speak to um what they were saying in the in that article from the moonlight shop to rid themselves of baggage and negativity and bad habits that will only weaken them, especially during the winter time when the weather elements can test them. I was talking to someone yesterday about their chart, and one thing that I noticed, or that I mentioned that I didn't, again, it didn't click for me, is that um, 2020 is different. Not in a 2019 way, but in a it is what you make it kind of thing. Everything that you that has kind of held you back, you can let go of it literally like right now. All of it. All of it. All of it. And that's not even to say that the remnants of it won't exist in your life, but literally all of it. You can cut, snip, all of that shit away. You can. Um, and while this year it was like having to fight against all of the old parts of life and struggle to create new life, 
all of that is out of the way. And so it's really just about creating new life. And it's about having additional time on your hands. I will use the analogy that I told this person. When you put kids in extracurriculars in in school, it's because you want to keep them busy and make sure that they're being constructive with their time so that they can do something fantastic, right? When kids don't have those things, and this is again an this is an arbitrary way to or one way to look at this in the way that, you know, lots of our parents think about things, you know, kids can just hang out. You know, I don't have shit to do. I'm just hanging out after school, right? And that leaves a a playground, per se, for you to become distracted and do shit that you're not supposed to fucking do, right? And so the Saturnian energy also is about being, and Saturn is, Capricorn is in the second house, as ruling the second house. So there is a need to, in order to make that life that you want for yourself, you need to be able to add structure to your life in order to do that, right? Like there is like, you want to be adventurous. You want to open your heart. You want to expand ideas of like love and value and money. Cool. Let's ground that somewhere, Right, And this is a conversation that Jupiter is going to have when it gets into Capricorn at the beginning of next month, right? And so all of this enlightenment and, oh, wow, I this, I that, and all that is cool. What are you about to do with that? Icarus, don't get too close to the sun. You know, if if you can be wise and, and crafty, and aware and still get overzealous and again the idea of hubris was what was in the myth and what was important hubris is definitely one of the uh, shadow sides of the sun hubris describes a personality quality of extreme or foolish pride or dangerous overconfidence, often in combination with arrogance. In its ancient Greek context, it typically describes behavior that defies the norms of behavior or challenges the gods. Remember what I said about um, the dude trying to swallow God, which which in turn brings out the downfall or nemesis of the perpetuator of hubris, like Lucifer. Um, falling um, from heaven. Hubris often indicates a loss of the a loss of contact with reality, and an overestimation of one's own competence, <laughs> accomplishments, or capabilities. I don't think I need to say anything else about that. I think I drove that point home pretty well. Icarus, don't get too close to the sun. We have the midheaven at Virgo. In Virgo, 27 degrees. So it is all about making it right. And and of the decisions that... Again, what are we doing with this transcendental knowledge that has kind of poured into us during this gateway, you know, 
using that as the driving force of what we put forth into our public lives and with what we make for ourselves. Will it lead to our rise or will it lead to our downfall? Um, having to, to, to figure that out. And again, knowing that there's this pressure for, for things to be perfect, but, but knowing that that's not going to be the case, right? Venus is oh shit. Venus is starting to square Neptune <laughs> on this day. Um and so don't get too full of yourself. Wishful thinking can be dangerous, right? In Icarus, don't get too close to the sun. Um I just see it all over the chart. It's like, trap here, trap there, trap here, trap there. Like, don't fall for it. Um, You know, it's like, wow, this is what's possible. And again, it's like the idea that all of these these really fantastic things that you're thinking of have to be grounded in something um, and, and, and making it of something. And I think the the expansive energy that Venus and Sagittarius naturally feels um, will kind of be not necessarily neutralized, but when Venus meets up with the galactic center, it's going to be like, oh, okay. Um, And that will be, I think, around the 21st. Um, and then when it enters Capricorn and it covers, um, distraction and it covers Saturn or it conjuncts Saturn and Pluto, um, it will just be like, whoa, like this is serious. And it's like, yeah, this is serious. So you may kind of see. Um, business partnerships and things like that um, beyond the the fantastical dream that you've made them the reality of what it is again the idea of like you have to put yourself in extracurriculars you know um, this the first couple weeks of Jan- who January is going to be fucking bananas <laughs> January I will be going on a 10-day silent retreat at the end of January. I'm going to need it because shit is going to be crazy. And it's deeply connected to this because Saturn will be conjunct Pluto, right? Let me finish this up because I really don't have too much else to say, which is good. Except it's time to clean house. 20 degrees Scorpio is the sun. And then we'll read the, the, um, the, um, what the moon is in. A woman draws away two dark curtains, closing the entrance to a sacred pathway. 
Ooh, is it clicking? It's clicking. Cool. The revelation to the human consciousness of what lies beyond dualistic knowledge. Doesn't that sound like um, the caduceus? Doesn't that sound like uh, leaving behind the old timeline? I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, the woman within, the faith that is rooted in the deepest intuitions of the soul, is seen here as the hierophant unveiling the realities which that either or pro and con mind of man alone cannot perceive. The path to the mystic's unitive life is opened up by the darkness of fear, egocentricity, and dualistic morality is removed. This is the last symbol of the 46th five-fold sequence. It reveals what a positive reliance upon faith and intuition can bring. Courage is needed to go through the veiling darkness, the courage to venture beyond the familiar and traditionally traditionally known to plunge ahead into the unknown. Taurus, 20 degrees. Oh my God, I am about to burst into tears, you guys. Wow. Wisps of wing-like clouds streaming across the sky. Keynote, the awareness of spiritual forces at work. Any emergence of life potentialities from the depth of the vast unconsciousness is answered by the spiritual activity of superconsciousness, forces in a cosmic kind of antiphony. The individual who has taken a new step in their evolution should look for the signature of divine powers confirming their progress. It may reveal the meaning of what is to come next. The wing-like clouds may also symbolize the presence of celestial beings, divas, angels blessing and subtlety revealing the direction to take the the direction of wind the wind of destiny this is the fifth stage of the tenth fivefold sequence it concludes a process having experienced which the individuals should find themselves more securely established in their own original nature receiving blessings of supernatural forces I don't have anything else to say because I am personally speechless in how all of this has wrapped its way into a beautiful little bow and gift. I, yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening this week. Um, I This is literally the best episode of this podcast that I have ever recorded. Um, and I'm just so grateful that I'm able to share the, this message with you all. And I hope that you soon see the blessings 
that have been waiting for you, um, good job if no one has told you that. This is all the culmination of really hard, in-depth spiritual work that each of us has done. Um, and it's really beautiful to to see it um, demonstrate itself in this way. If you're interested in booking a reading, you can do that. If you would like to um, donate, you can do that too. What? Yeah, I will talk to you guys next week, um, and we'll talk about Mars in Scorpio. We'll talk about. I will we'll talk about whatever we're gonna talk about when we get there. I can't like I my mind is blown right now. Um yeah. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you guys next week.